Josh and Norton are back to talk all things fantasy NASCAR. It's the Atop the Pit Box Podcast. Let's go. Welcome to the start of the seventh season of the Atop the Pit Box Fantasy NASCAR League. I am your host, Josh Rolfus, and with me is my co-host and commissioner of the league, Justin Norton, and we are excited to be back for another season of Fantasy NASCAR. So, Norton, it's been, what, a whole month and a half that we have been without NASCAR? Too long. Too long. Yeah, very excited to be back. And uh, if you were with us last year, we are very happy to have you back with us for another season. If you are new to this league and or this podcast, this is our weekly show where you will find all the stats, analysis, information as it pertains to the Atop the Pit Box Fantasy NASCAR League. Each week, we're going to just recap briefly the race and more importantly, the impact that it has on our uh, fantasy standings. Before we get to the long-awaited driver values for 2024. Let's recap the rules of the league and some of our minor changes that we have added for the 2024 season. And for that, we turn to our commissioner, Mr. Norton. Thank you, sir. And also, props to you. That That's a badass intro. You've been doing some work in the offseason. We're, we're, we're upgrading here at the Top of the Pit Box podcast. <laughs> All right, so um, I'm going to run down the overview of the league. Uh, for most of our listeners, it's going to be pretty familiar. We didn't make a lot of changes this season, but uh, we'll go over it anyway for our new listeners, new followers, and hopefully new members to the league this year. So uh, this is a season-long league, so it's a uh, you know set it and somewhat forget it type of format. You have an $80 uh, salary cap, essentially, kind of like the Drafts Kings lineup. So you pick five drivers for the season based on values that we're about to go into. Pick your five drivers. They are your five drivers for the season. Um, and points are awarded by finishing positions in the race. So one point for first place, two points for second, etc. Lowest score is obviously the best in this league. If your driver is not racing a week, the points will be given based on the finishing position of the car. And if for some reason your car nor driver starts the race, you'll get 50 points. So we did have that come up a couple times last year. Alex Bowman, Chase Elliott come to mind, Noah Gregson. Um, in those situations, those replacement drivers, the points went with the car. So that's how we handle that. Only NASCAR points races will be used for our fantasy. And we do run three bonus point discounts because, again, low score wins. Race winner gets a negative five. Stage winners get negative three. And most laps led gets negative three. So at the end of the day, uh, again, you're going for that low score. I did say your five drivers are set it and forget it. There is one caveat to that. We allow one driver swap each season. And this year is, is a slight change to that. We're going to do a driver swap allowed until the playoffs start. So it used to be the all-star race would be when we cut off that driver swap. This year, you can trade one of your drivers. You must remain within the $80 allowance. And you can do that up until the playoffs start. And that's at Atlanta this year on September 8th. Uh, we also have a playoff format. We try to keep it very consistent to the way the NASCAR does it. Um, so the playoff field in this league will consist of the top 25% of our entries. And the reason I say that is because we don't know how many entries we're going to get. So we take a top fourth of the league. That Those guys make the playoffs. And points reset at the first round of the playoffs from zero points for first uh, up until, you know, it just goes by one point up until the end of that top 25%. Um, one thing we are doing, another change in 2024, we're going to give some additional rewards to the top three in the regular season. So the top three finishing positions in the regular season will receive first place, a 20 point discount, second place, a 15 point discount and third place, a 10 point discount. Just gives them a bit of an advantage in that first round because they've earned it over the first 26 weeks of the season. Um, elimination rounds, again, they're going to coincide with NASCAR. So every three races in the playoffs, we will eliminate a fourth of the field. And that final race, that championship race at Phoenix, the remaining 
fantasy entrants will all reset to zero points, and the best finishing team in that race will be the ATPB champion. A um, couple of little things to note with the playoffs. If there is a tie to advance to the next round, tiebreak will be determined by fewest points in the regular season. Um, those who make the playoffs but are eliminated can still advance because payout positions matter in this. Um, so just because you get eliminated doesn't mean you can't continue to move up. You just can't make it into that final round, that final race at Phoenix. Uh, last year, we brought in a new thing to try to keep people interested. It's called the consolation playoffs. So for those people that don't make the playoffs, we still want them to be able to watch and pay attention for something. So we have their own consolation bracket playoff systems. Those are a winner take all. Um, so we don't, the eliminations work the same way each round, but uh, for a payout, it is just a winner take all in those consolation playoffs. Speaking of payouts, Final season payouts are determined once we know how many people we got. Um, this year, we're implementing something to help with some administrative costs that we are, you know, as our league grows, so too do our expenses. We've got podcast uh, software, equipment, the website. We just want to keep things up and running. So this year, we are doing a 98% payout of the prize pool. Um, so that 2% will go towards administrative expenses. And for your bonus payouts in 2024, they are the same as last year, $25 to a participant with the lowest total score in one race, $25 to our rookie of the year. That's anybody that has never been in the league before. $50 to the regular season winner, $50 to the first consolation playoff winner, $35 to the second consolation playoff winner, and $25 to the third consolation playoff winner. And that was your very detailed not high level overview of the league. <laughs> and we should just point out that if people missed part of that or wanted to to look at it again, uh atop the pitbox.com will have all of the rules and uh driver values uh up on that. So you can always re reference that for, for anything that you need. So pretty awesome stuff. And one thing that we did last year that we're gonna do again this year, we know the season's pretty long and we will try to keep it fun and, and keep keep people in, engaged and entertained. Uh, one thing we did last year was the name bracket around March Madness. Uh, this was uh, Norton's idea to to kind of put all the team names in a in a bracket and uh, let the Twitter users vote on uh, which team was better, which team name is better. So we will be doing that again this year. So as you submit your teams, there is an option for a team name if you want to be. A, a uh, participant in the name bracket, uh, please make sure to put a very creative name in there. Do you remember who won that last year? The team I name? Don't. I don't. I don't remember. Let me, let me look. Oh, here it is. So it was Scooby Doobies against <laughs> Kicking the Tires. And Kicking the Tires was the champion. I, that does sound familiar now. Yeah, that was pretty awesome. Uh, so along the lines, we're going to do. Uh, another kind of bracket, and this was suggested by one of our Twitter followers, uh, Chad Depew, uh, at SportsNutChad, uh, who suggested a, a a tournament where fantasy team owners go against each other uh, for the lowest score for that race, and then we move on. So just like you would in in a basketball tournament, the the team that wins moves on, and uh, the losers eliminated. So. We will provide some more details as that we get closer to that. That'll happen over the summer, kind of in that dead time for NASCAR where it just kind of drags through. So hopefully that brings a little bit of uh, relief to that time. Uh, thanks, Chad, for that suggestion and looking forward to that. That sounds like something that uh, could be pretty fun. All right. So enough with that. Let's get to the driver values. So we, we have the driver values and... Just a little bit of uh, high-level overview of, of the changes. We've got 11 drivers that have higher values than they had last year, nine that were lower, seven that were the same as last year, and then we have three newcomers, Josh Berry, John Hunter Nemechek, and Daniel Hemrick join the, uh, the driver values this year. All right, so with that being said, let's get into the driver values. And what we're going to do this year uh, is is really kind of talk about each driver. Um, 
give give some thoughts, give some stats. Really, the goal of this this episode is to allow people that maybe don't follow NASCAR or even people that do just a little bit of insight into these drivers as they're picking uh, their teams for this upcoming season. So that's kind of the goal. And uh, we'll 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 kind of we'll start with the uh, the six point drivers. Yeah. So as we mentioned before, you've got each each driver is going to have a value. You're going to pick five of them, get to your $80 salary cap. There are 30 total drivers. So we start with $6 ones. They go up to 20. So the reason I say anybody can play in this league is because if you can make five numbers equal 80 bucks, you can play in this league. And that's probably the strategy most of us take anyway, because it's all a crapshoot. Your first $6 driver is the 21 Wood Brothers car, Harrison Burton. So Harrison Burton, he was a seven-point driver last year. He ended up running as a six-point driver, and he was owned by only 1% of the league last year, which was the lowest. And it's kind of easy to see why. He didn't really have a, a great year. No wins, no top fives, two top tens, and uh, his best finish was sixth at Darlington. So kind of a rough, a rough year for him. What do you think going forward for for Harrison Burton? Yeah, I mean, I I think I would. I'm a little surprised that he even made the list this year. They're they're in trouble with him. Uh, I know why he's there, and it would be cool to see it pan out with his dad and everything. But he was a seven last year, like we mentioned. He finished as a six. He's coming in as a six, so he's certainly not overvalued. If anything, like I said, I'm surprised that he made the list. But here he is. And something to mention about these these lower. Uh, valued drivers is there's really two there's a couple uh, ways to build a team and and one of the ways is you take a bunch of high dollar high valued guys and then you have to find a six or a seven or an eight to kind of fill that in or you you kind of go in the middle and 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 grab a bunch of you know middle tier guys so there are going to be some teams and people that are looking for that uh that low end driver that could be overperform from his value i do not think that uh, Harrison Burton is that guy this year. Yeah. Yeah. You got to try to hit on one of those low guys. And uh, I, I would agree with you. All right. Your next $6 driver, the second $6 driver coming back from last year in a new ride, Justin Haley. So this one is interesting to me. I've always been a big fan of Justin Haley. Uh, he finished last year uh, with a running value of eight. So he was up to, and he had a top five, six top tens. His best finish was second at the Chicago street race. But he, I don't know if it's if it's uh, team equipment, but he, he average started in 24th and he average finished in 21st. So he, he kind of got everything he could out of the car. I don't know what 2024 is going to look like as far as, is. I don't think he could probably get a win, but He's definitely somebody that I I kind of look at as as that that lower end guy that maybe could could make a, a push. So I think that team is the biggest part of this one for Haley. Um, I would say if he would have stuck with colleague this year, his value would have been a lot higher. But um, he went over to Rickware Racing, and I just don't see that team being anything of a threat. Uh, I, I wouldn't be surprised if this is the first Rick Ware driver we've even had in NASCAR fantasy. So I guess I'm that's just going to ask you that <laughs> Justin Haley. I, I can't think of one. Um, so again, I, this, this him showing up on the list being with Rick Ware was a, a surprise to me. Yeah, I guess that's a good point. You got to think about the team and the, the resources that they have. Uh, it was a surprise for him to, to leave colleague kind of felt like he was kind of gaining some steam with, with them and that team, a little bit of momentum, but uh, Rick Ware is isn't notorious for just kind of putting a car on the track and starting park doesn't exist in NASCAR anymore. But he's about as close to it as we can get. Yeah, keep that in mind when we're when you're you put Justin Haley down on the uh, on your sheet. So, all right, those are the six point drivers. All right, so speaking of Justin Haley, moving to the first seven dollar driver is the driver taking over his car, Daniel Hemrick in the thirty one colleague car. And he was Xfinity last year, right? Yep. So he did not race anything, any cup races last year. So he's he's returning back again. From, he he was in cup a couple years ago. 
Oh, okay. So he's back. Yep. yep. For me, I don't I don't really know. I watched a little bit of Xfinity, but uh I don't really know what to to expect from from Hemrick this year. He's on college racing, which we kind of talked about the momentum that they had built last year. Seven points. It kind of feels right for me, but I don't I really don't have a feel for him one way or the other. Yeah, I was a little surprised to see him getting his second chance um, this early in the game, I guess. Um, clearly, there are minds out there that are better than mine and can scout the talent better than I can. But he came in after some strong Xfinity runs, came into the Cup Series. It didn't pan out. Uh, went back, kind of like um, Cole Custer's doing. And the performance just isn't there for me to think that he's ready for Cup but I might be surprised. Yeah. And, and, you know, sometimes all they need is, is a second chance. They go down Xfinity, learn a couple of things, mature a little bit and come back in a, in the right position. And, uh, we'll find out if, if college racing is that position for him. So. All right. Your next $7 driver had a strong surprise run last year is the 34 car of Michael McDowell. So this one is very interesting. When I saw this, Seven points. He was a six-point driver last year, so he's up a point. But he finished as an 11-point driver. One win, two top fives, eight top tens, and really had a, a career year. Uh, had a career year in laps led. He's made the playoffs in two of the past three years, which is just wild from for front row motorsports. Um, so for Michael McDowell, when I look at him as a seven, I definitely – have that one marked as as somebody who may be a little bit undervalued. Yeah, I'm with you. I uh, I don't have a lot to add to that. His performance, he's always been one of those low value drivers in fantasy that has done well for teams that that run with that strategy. And I I strongly believe that this year is going to be another one of those for people. Was he considered like a, a road course ringer? Was he is is he kind of like a AJ Allmendinger? No, he was he was more of the super speedways. And he proved that he could run road courses last year. So he, he surprised some people there too. So now he's got two and, and really he didn't even do bad at the ovals when you're, when you're thinking he's running for front row, not a team that you expect to be in the top 10. McDowell was a strong low value driver. And I think he will be again this year. Yeah. Only, only two stage wins, but the, the one win got him into the playoffs. So really good year for Michael McDowell. All right. Moving into your $8 drivers. The 47 car of Ricky Recky Stenhouse. Does he still get that nickname? He really kind of redeemed himself last year, didn't he? Yeah. He was a seven-point driver last year, so he's up a point. But he finished at a 12. So here's another one that, you know, was running really strong towards last year. And and this year is is four spots lower than what he, what he finished with. So one win for Ricky Stenhouse. Uh, that was at the Daytona 500, so that's a little uh, soft spot in our hearts because we were there. Yep. Uh, two top ten, two top fives, nine top tens, thirty nine laps led. That was a career high for Ricky Stenhouse, twenty five laps, and he made the playoffs, but was one of the first four eliminated. Is he going to be able to build upon the the success from last year? Was it a was that a fluke? How good is is JTG racing? So I think that. The biggest surprise, Ricky's season last year, I mean, he, he won the Daytona 500, obviously, so he kicked off as one of our best fantasy drivers for obvious reasons. But he didn't drop like most people expected him to. And, in fact, we had a lot of swaps for him last year because of the low value. Uh, this year, I, I'm not surprised to see him where he's at. I wouldn't have been surprised to see him a little higher. And I think the biggest thing for him last year is that he finished 98% of laps run. I mean, that, that does take him out of the Recky Stenhouse qualification. Right. So I do think there were big improvements last year. My only concern is that the improvements seem to be for the first half of the year. And he kind of came back down to earth, uh, the second half, but again, the DNFs weren't there. And that's, that's the concern when it comes to fantasy drivers is how often are you going to be finishing in the thirties? Because that's going to kill your team. If he's not doing that, that's a that's a sneaky low value driver to be looking at this year. All right, your next eight dollar driver is the forty one car of Ryan Priest for Stuart Haas Racing. 
and he was an 11 point driver last year. So we've, he's dropped pretty, pretty significantly three points, but that's where he was running last year. So he finished 2023 as an eight comes in as 2024 as an eight. Uh, he had zero wins, one top five, two top tens, but he did lead 149 laps. His best finish fifth place at Richmond and just kind of was kind of one of those cars that was in the back of the pack for most of the time, which you would expect from these lower, lower uh, point drivers. I don't really, I don't really know what to expect from Ryan priest. I, I had, I thought he was going to have a good year last year and I was let down. So now I'm, I'm cautiously optimistic. Yeah. This one for me goes again, back to the team. Uh, Stuart Haas's performance last year was shocking to say the least. If it wasn't for Kevin Harvick, who, even by his standards, I would say had a below expectation season, obviously not winning in his final year, but just that team as a whole never really had the speed. And I'm not surprised to see Ryan Priest dropping here. If anything, that to me is a team that has big expectations coming into this year. And all they got to do is improve a little bit. And you've got, they've got good drivers on their team. So uh, I'm struggling with Ryan Priest and really all of the uh, SHR cars this year, but we'll see what happens. I think an eight is a good value for him here. Moving on to your $9 drivers. Your first one is the two car of Austin Sendrick. Nine this year. Last year he was a 12. So another one that has uh, dropped in value. He was finished 2023 as a seven. So kind of all over the place for Austin Sendrick. It's, it's kind of almost like we don't know what to expect from him. He had he had one top five, five top tens, and four DNFs with his best finish at uh, Talladega, where he finished fifth. Austin Sindrick is an interesting one, uh, running for Team Penske. Obviously, you have uh, the, the the back-to-back champions coming from from Team Penske, and you would think that that would translate to to some success for Austin Sindrick, but uh, really hasn't seen seen that this last couple of years. Yeah, I would put Austin Sendrick in the same category as as Harrison Bergman in that they're they're driving for their careers right now. There's again, there's still family ties involved with both of these teams and and Penske really it's almost crazy to say after winning the championship, but they were down last year for most of the season. And to be the weak link on a team that's not performing as well as you would expect them to and his career if you look at it he, Starts off his first race, wins the Daytona 500. It's kind of all been downhill from there for Austin Cendrick. So um, I think that he is probably on the hot seat and needs to run strong this year. I don't know that I have the confidence to put him on my team this year. Going into your next $9 driver is one of our rookie, not rookies this year, the 42 car of John Hunter Nemechek. Driving for Legacy Motor Club, which... I think is the most badass team name that is in NASCAR. He raced one race last year, did not finish that race, but pretty successful in the Xfinity Cup series. It's going to be interesting with uh, with these drivers. Now he's he's raced Cup full time before, or no? Yes, yep. He's similar to Hemrick. Had a uh, had a attempt at Cup and didn't really pan out. They brought him back down to build some and. He proved that he could do that in the Xfinity series. So not a true rookie. So he has some experience, but uh, full time is a, is a different is a different beast. So uh, he is another one where don't have a lot of stats on. You kind of have to look at at the team, at the at his history with with Xfinity, and and kind of see is that nine dollar value something that fits into what your your team's looking for. A lot of unknowns with John Hunter. Yes, for sure. I liked what I saw from him last year in the Xfinity Series. I think that he's going to come in and run strong. He is one of the drivers on this list that I'm looking at for um, one of those lower values. What we saw from Noah Gregson in the 42 car last year was concerning. The jury's out on whether that was the driver or the car, but there was a lot going on with Legacy too. You know, switching over to Toyota this year, they clearly lost a lot of backing from Chevrolet. So to say that John Hunter is an unknown is an understatement because there's just a lot of changes going on there. But he's one that I'd like to see perform well, and I could see me throwing him on maybe one of my teams and hoping it pans out. All right, and moving into the $10 drivers, 
the driver of the 42 car last year for half the season. Number 10, taking over Eric Amarola, Noah Gregson. So this is a little surprising. He was a nine-point value last year. He finished as a six. That's like an understatement. He was <laughs> so far below the rest of the field. He finished 30th out of our 30 fantasy drivers, and it wasn't even close. He he was like 100 points below Harrison Burton, the next worst fantasy driver. And that only improved for that car number when he left. So there, there's a lot of concern for Noah Gregson. And he left because he was suspended. Yep. Right? Uh, so you've got that kind of personal stuff that he was dealing with last year. Uh, his stats are not something that I would expect from a $10 value or 10 point driver, zero wins, zero top fives, zero top tens. He led two laps and had five DNFs, not a great, uh, year for him last year. Uh, and at 10 points, it's. It's going to take somebody to to have some belief in him to to uh, to put him down. Yeah, and I think there's there's a lot of Noah Gregson fans out there, um, but like I said, Carson Hosevar took over that ride and didn't light the world on fire, but performed better than Gregson did in his time in that car. Now you're moving him to a Stuart Haas car, and we've already talked about our concerns with that team. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I don't mean to scare people away, but I'm I'm staying as far away from this one as I can. All right. Moving into your 11, no, I'm sorry. We got one more $10 driver. Can never leave this list. The number three car, Austin Dillon. Yeah, these, both these 10 point drivers, I just skip over personally. I'm I'm not, I'm not touching these guys. Uh, He was a a 10 point driver last year, finished as a seven. So just uh, not, not a great year. Zero wins, one top five, seven top tens. His best finish was third at the Bristol Dirt. And I just, I have not seen anything from Austin Dillon that makes me believe that he will consistently put up points for, for a team. He had 10 DNFs last year, which is is wild. Yeah, and I think they had pretty good, pretty high expectations for him with Kyle Busch coming into the team. I don't know what Vegas's love of Austin Dillon is, but they just can't stay away from him. Um, he's always got decent odds at every race. If you look at the odds and the betting on him, I I just don't see it. He's frustrated me so many times. I've, I've put him on my team several times in the past, and I've, I've swapped for him, and that didn't work out. So, yeah, like you said, I'm, I'm staying away from the $10 drivers this year. So moving on from them. We'll go into your first $11 driver, the 43 car of Legacy Motorsports, Eric Jones. $10 driver in 2023, finished up as a nine, had zero wins, one top five, and seven top tens. Best finish was third at Kansas. And and Eric Jones is one that if, if Legacy Motor Club can kind of find its footing, I feel like Eric Jones could be a driver that is not you know it's not going to be a top tier driver but he's going to be somebody that is is consistent and and get you some decent points. I like Eric Jones. I don't know what it is. Every week I'm finding myself cheering for him. I want to see him do well. I want to see Legacy do well, so that's probably part of it. Um I think $11 is a good spot for him. I do think that we will see improvement with Legacy moving to Toyota. They're going to have a little bit more backing than they did last year. I expect improvement. He finished as a 10 last year, so there's no reason to think that he can't finish better than that this year. Uh, So I think $11 is a good spot for him. All right, your next $11 driver is the 14 car of Chase Briscoe. Shout out to JP. So he was a 14-point driver, finished as a 9, so a rough year for, for Chase. And his best finish, he finished fourth at Atlanta, and Talladega. Uh, and now with uh, with Kevin Harvick moving on, he is the most tenured driver at SHR, which is kind of scary to think about. <laughs> it, it, that's tough. It's it's tough when you lose Kevin Harvick, obviously, but Chase Briscoe with zero wins, four top fives, eight top tens. He did lead 184 laps with only two DNFs, but uh, just the, the average finish of 20 
20th uh 20th position is is just rough for a, a 14 point driver now at 11 maybe look at him a little differently yeah i think that i've voiced my concerns enough with shr um i do think that out of all of them chase briscoe is going to have the best year I think 11 is probably a good spot for him because I do think he'll improve from last year. He finished as a nine and I think a 14 was too high for him last year. So I think 11 feels like the right spot for Chase Briscoe. All right, moving into your $12 drivers. You got the 99 car of Daniel Suarez. So this is one that stayed the same. He was a 12 point driver in 2023 finished as an 11 and his best finish was fourth at California, so no wins for Daniel Suarez. Three top fives, ten top tens, and four DNFs. Daniel Suarez is is a driver that he's on track house racing. They've got Ross Chastain, and he just seems to kind of just be, you know, hanging around. The team's there. He, I just, I, I'm not sure that he, he maybe has the talent to to take it to the next level. Yeah, I don't. Daniel Suarez is another one that I he started off really strong last year. Um, he was one of our uh, highest overachieving drivers, as we like to call them, and that dropped quickly. He ended up finishing one spot below where he was valued. So the end of his season w left a bad taste in everybody's mouth. I would almost be willing to say I'm not ready to say he's on the hot seat with a couple of these other drivers, but it's definitely getting warm. Uh, I think Trackhouse has bigger expectations than what they're seeing from him. But I think Trackhouse as a whole went down in the second half of the year. I think we'll talk about that with Chastain a little bit too. Um, so Suarez is a hard one to value. I'm, I'm not ready to say that 12 is is high. But if he runs, if you think that the second half of last season is an indicator of this season, then you better stay away because 12 would be too high. Well, uh, and talk about being on the hot seat. Trackhouse Racing President uh, Ty Norris was interviewed, and he said that the raw speed was there. The execution this past year was way off. The execution this year was unacceptable, quite honestly. So they understand there's some pressure on on Daniel Suarez. I know he uh, they love what he does for the the Latin community, and and that ties into there. Uh, but at some point, you have to produce on the track if you want to continue getting sponsors and and keeping your ride yeah and i hope they write the ship track house is, is too fun of a team to see them down like this so i really hope that we see a bounce back from from both drivers and the team next year all right going to your 12 next 12 dollar driver you have a rookie that taking over the four car from kevin harvick josh barry Josh Berry's an interesting one um, because he's technically a, a rookie, but he he did fill in for Chase Elliott last year when Chase broke his leg. So he he finished uh, 2023 with 10 races. He had one top five, three top tens. Uh, it's kind of hard to judge him for that because he was wasn't on. It wasn't his team. Uh, he was kind of filling in, in in somebody else's car. Now he's got. The number four car, which is an iconic Kevin Harvick car, and he's got a it's got a lot of pressure on him. Twelve points seems kind of high for a rookie. Yeah, he's always been one of those strong drivers in Xfinity. Um, he's he's got a championship there. I do think that he's ready to come to Cup. Um, I think he's he's paid his dues, and like you mentioned, he ran in Cup Series last year and performed fine um am i ready to put my money on him at a 12 dollar driver probably not but i also wouldn't be surprised if if he shocks us and finishes higher than that um i i, I have a lot of hope for him in the cup series and we should point out that he races for that team Stuart haas and he that, raced uh <laughs> Pretty surprising that we've gone through that entire team and we're not even to our $13 drivers. Yeah, that's that's pretty wild. All right, so we will move into the $13 drivers. Your first one is the 48 car of Alex Bowman. Alex Bowman was a 14-point driver last year, finished as a 13, fairly consistent value for him. 
Uh, he had zero wins, four top fives, 10 top tens, and four DNFs. Uh, his best finish was third at Las Vegas and the Coda Road Course. Uh, he did get injured last year, so he did miss uh, a few races for uh, because of that. But he was really one that started really strong. He had uh, top 10 finishes in six of his first seven races, but kind of fell off from there, didn't win a race, and didn't make the playoffs for the first time in uh, – didn't make the playoffs for the first time since 2018. He's got a strong team. I just I don't I don't know about him. Yeah, what a roller coaster of a season for him. It it's so hard to try to predict what could have been had he not gotten in that sprint car accident. Um, like you mentioned, six of the first seven top ten, and he was the number one fantasy driver up until that point. So he whether it was the injury or missing time, or I think there was a little bit of fall off for Hendrick last year as, as time went on as well. It It's a really weird driver to try to diagnose. And I think that finding him right in the middle of all these drivers makes the most sense because no one's really sure what to do with him. Um, I, I think I would be willing to put him on at least one of my teams. Cause I do think that, at the end of the season, if we're looking back and saying Alex Bowman just finished as the most overachieving driver, it wouldn't surprise me. All right, looking at your next $13 driver, rookie from last year, Ty Gibbs. Ty Gibbs. The people that listen to the podcast last year know that I uh, I did not think highly of Ty Gibbs. Uh, I think he was one of my most overrated drivers. And and he, he was a 13 last year, finished as a 12, but he really held his own as a rookie, I was really, really impressed with, with how he, uh, how he raced. I know that there were some incidences in or incidents in the Xfinity cup. Seems like he kind of matured. Uh, he did win the rookie of the year, the fourth driver in JGR history to do so. And he joins, uh, Tony Stewart, Denny Hamlin and Joey Logano with those, with that honor. Um, and only missed the playoffs by six points. So he was, he was right there. Four top fives, five top tens. Uh, did have five DNFs, so that's a little high. But uh, overall, a really, really solid year for Ty Gibbs. So I think I, I'm super high on Ty Gibbs this year. Um, and I think it's because we've talked so much about so many of these drivers that fell off in the second half of the season. The exact opposite happened for him, and that's what you want to see from a rookie, getting used to things, and all of a sudden he's, he's putting out good – good finishes and he gradually progressed through the year. And I think this is going to be a breakout season for him. Um, he will definitely be on at least one of my teams. Uh, so I think Ty Gibbs at 13 is a good value. And I didn't feel like that last year. I, I usually try to stay away from the rookies, but when you see a rookie performance like he had last year, it just gives a lot of promise for this season. Moving to the $14 drivers the 23 car of Bubba Wallace. All right. Now we start getting into the, 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 the next level of, of guys and, and Bubba Wallace is, is one of my favorites. He was a 13 point driver last year. He finished as a 13 point driver, uh, but really solid, really good year for Bubba Wallace in, in his progression, no wins, but he did have five top fives and 10 top tens. And he nearly doubled his laps led from 2022 where he led 150 and he led 285 laps in, uh, in 2023. So really strong year for, for Bubba, really good team. Um, obviously working with 2311 and, and the partnership with, with JGR, uh, has done Bubba really well. Uh, I'm, I'm looking for a big year from Bubba Wallace this year. Yeah, I think I echo most of that. I, I'm excited to see, the progress he's made, um, he just it felt like he was getting things figured out. And I think a lot of that was mental for him. I think that was admitted by him that he just needed to keep his composure in situations. We saw him lose his cool Kyle Larson a couple years ago. Um, there were some things that looked like Bubba was turning a page last last year. And I'm excited to see what happens for him this year. I think 14 is a good spot for him. 
he's got certainly got the capability to finish higher than that. Um, but we're also getting into those drivers now that are going to start dipping into that $80 salary cap. And I think mm-hmm. that, that's a good spot for Bubba. So going into your next $14 driver, you have the one car of Ross Chastain. So this, this is surprising. Um, I'm, I'm really liking these 14 point drivers. He was a 17 point driver last year, finished as a 16. Now he's down to a 14. He had two wins, Nashville and Phoenix, 10 top fives, 14 top tens and 640 laps led. Um, that's back-to-back seasons for him. Top in 600 laps led. Uh, five top 10 finishes in, in 2023. I don't... I, he, really good team. Trackhouse. I'm a big fan of them. And I he's got the talent. I know that there was the uh, talking to that Hendrick gave him that kind of changed his outlook of the on the season. He kind of really wasn't the same after that incident. Uh, but he's got the talent and and the backing of a good team, and I think Ross Chastain is going to bounce back and have a really good year. Well, I hope you're right. Chastain's one of my favorites, um, but I'm not surprised to see this value for him. Uh, I think that again, looking at the digression that he had in the second half of the year, whether that be track house, like we've mentioned, or the conversation that he had with Hendrick, nobody's come out and said, you know, the real reasons why he just seemed to have lost a lot of speed last year. I don't want to lose the Ross Chastain that, you know, at least half the people fell in love with the other half hated him. Um, It was fun to watch. It kept things interesting and he performed well when he was, he was driving like that. Of course it it can't get out of hand. Um, So I, I hope you're right that Ross Chastain bounces back. But I don't think I'm ready to say that he's undervalued here. I think that he he needs to find the middle ground of where he was kind of like, I don't care about anything and, and it's all about me. And then he kind of maybe retreated a little too much. Yeah. So I think it's about finding the balance and some time off kind of resets that. And it's a new year and he's got the talent to do it. And maybe it's, you know, I'm just biased because I'm rooting for Ross, but uh yeah, I think 14 is a is a little bit low than the I would have expected from Ross. Well, and I think he finished the season pretty well, right? The last cup winner, he can carry that over. All right, so moving into your $15 drivers, you've got the 17 car. Actually, we're just going to run these back-to-back because both of your $15 drivers are the RFK cars of Chris Buescher and Brad Keselowski. Yeah, let's start with Chris Buescher, who was the – the story of last year for for fantasy NASCAR, he was an eight point driver and he finished at nineteen. That is that is crazy. Three wins: Daytona, Michigan, and Richmond. Nine top fives, seventeen top tens, and two hundred fifty five laps led. More impressively, he ran ninety nine point one nine percent of all laps with one DNF. So he was he was so solid and a career year for him statistically. Uh, tripled his previous win total, tripled his previous top five total, and nearly doubled his top 10 uh, career totals. Really good year from Chris Buescher and RFK. Was it a fluke? Is he? Are we going to continue to see Chris Buescher with some speed? I don't think it was a fluke at all. I think that RFK found something last year, and I think they've got the most momentum coming into this season. Frankly, I'm surprised to see Chris Buescher as low as a 15. I know it's hard to, you know, when you say that he was an eight last year, what happened? Well, he was the third best fantasy driver. That's what happened. So to see him this low is actually surprising to me, but it's surprising that I'm saying that as well. So I've got high hopes for RFK and Chris Buescher next season. And then Brad Kozlowski, uh, again, you mentioned he's an RFK driver, uh, 15 point driver, 11 point last year. Finished at 17, so uh, a plus six difference from uh, his his value. Uh, did not win a race, so he left the wins to to Chris Buescher, but did have seven top fives and 16 top tens. His best uh, finish was second at Atlanta, uh, and it's been a while for for Brad Keselowski since he's found the uh, the the checkered flag. 
last win was in 2001 when he was racing for Team Penske. So uh, strong team and and maybe just looking for more for from Brad. So your two most overachieving drivers last season are the two RFK cars. So Kozlowski finished as a 17 by 8 at 11. We've already talked about Busher. I don't, again, I don't think that's a fluke. Um, Brad, Brad didn't get any wins last year, but he was there. He was knocking on the door so many times. Um, even to the point of maybe he had the car and Busher just happened to get the race. You know, they, they, they had very similar cars. I do think that Kozlowski breaks out and gets a win this year. And I, I'm just really excited to see what RFK does. Brad's getting up there, isn't he? He is, yeah. So I think that's, you know, his his retirement move was going to RFK as as part owner, um, leaving Penske. It was expected that there were going to be some speed bumps along the way, and the way that they have performed and progressed from that point is exactly what you would hope. So I don't think that the down years are anything to reflect on. I think the progress that they've made is exactly what we reflect on. But yeah, uh, Brad's got his, his years are numbered. I, I think that he sees the light at the end of the tunnel here pretty soon. So maybe, maybe he uh, goes out on top next year. That'd be a wild story. All right. Going into your $16 drivers, you have the 45 car of Tyler Reddick. All right. So we've officially hit the top 10 and 16 point driver this year, 16 point driver last year. He finished as a 14-point driver, so he was down uh, two spots. Pretty good year for Tyler Reddick, though. Two wins, 10 top fives, 16 top tens. Uh, his wins came at Coda and at Kansas. And uh, second year, working with uh, 2311. And uh, I think the expectation is Tyler Reddick to make a, a deep playoff run this year. Yeah, Tyler Reddick's a tough one for me. I don't. I don't question that he's a top 10 driver. I'm not surprised to see him here. In fact, I'm more surprised to see that he finished as a 14 last year. It just felt like he had another one of those kind of roller coaster seasons. He he was in contention and then bad luck here or there. There were pit stop issues. So I do think that he underperformed last year. And I think that 16 is probably a good spot for him. And your next 16 point driver is the eight car of Rowdy Kyle Bush. So Kyle Bush was a 15 point driver last year, finished as 15 points. And he was one uh, that had three wins, Fontana, Talladega and Gateway, but really struggled towards the, to the end of the year. He did finish with 10 top fives and 17 top tens. But going back to your point of how they finish, uh, he's kind of one that, uh, you have to kind of wonder was, is it the beginning part of the, the year Kyle Bush or is it the, the second half? Yeah, for sure. And it did kind of feel like last year, even some of his wins, it was like, Oh, did he have the best car? Like how did, how did that pan out? So his move to Richard Childress was obviously worked out. I think that everybody was very happy with the performances they got out of Kyle Bush last year. And I don't even know what it is that we're asking him to do this year. Is it, is it to be better than that? I think that, again, this is probably a good value for Kyle Busch. I don't really know what to expect. I think that he will finish races better than he did last year for DNF reasons or whatnot. But I also wouldn't be surprised to see him not get to three wins. So kind of a weird one to predict. Yeah, he won three of his first 15 races. And then he didn't win anymore. So if if he won those three races spread out over the year, are we having a different conversation about about his it's season? A little bit different. Um, yeah. So he's he's won a, at least one race in each of his nineteen full time seasons in the NASCAR Cup Series, which is is pretty wild. So you can almost bet that he's going to get one. But like we said, it was kind of a rough year. He he led the fewest laps in a season of two hundred forty one. Uh, in his in his career so that's the lowest of his career so should be interesting to see what kyle bush has in his second season at rcr but probably make the playoffs and and, and possibly a deeper run yeah one of the greatest so it's hard to bet against him all right your 17 dollar driver is the 22 car of joey logano 
So talk about disappointment. Uh, he was a 19-point driver last year, finished as 15, did have a win at Atlanta, so he got back into the uh, the playoffs, but did not have a good playoff, was the first reigning champ to be eliminated in the first round. Just kind of a, a weird season for, for Logano, especially having his, his teammate make a run and, and win the, the championship. Uh, to have such a, a poor finish is is kind of surprising for, for Logano. Yeah, it's really hard to try to figure out what Penske's doing. It doesn't feel like they can get all three of their cars to perform at the same time. I'm okay with that because last year it ended up being Ryan Blaney, but you're right. I Joey Logano last year was something else. It was um, it was very surprising to see him that low, and I don't know if I'm ready to say that he can be any better this year because I hell I don't know what Penske car is going to be the best. Maybe Austin Sendrick comes out and dominates for Penske this year. Like I don't know what to get out of these drivers, so I think that. It's going to be hard to keep him off all my teams because he's Joey Logano. But at 17, it's a it, it, that's a heavier pill to swallow. Your next $17 driver is the 19 car of Martin Truex Jr. So Martin Truex, is he is this his last year? Has he announced? Last year was they were questioning it, but he has not officially said anything. I think it will be. Yeah, it 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 seems like it. It feels like it. He was a 17-point driver last year, uh, finished as an 18, had a just a, a fantastic regular season. He 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 propelled a lot of the teams that made the playoffs in the at the top of the standings. He was a, a common denominator in, in that those teams. Three wins. So first at Dover, Sonoma, and New Hampshire. He had nine top fives, 17 top tens, and led 899 laps. So we said he was a regular season champ really dominated uh but he faded at the playoff time and and he every round it almost he almost missed the cut on every round it kind of took uh a lot of things to fall his way to to make it uh as far as he did but so definitely a, a disappointing finish for him does he have anything left in the tank for for 2024 yeah i i do think if he hasn't announced yet i think this will probably be his last year and I've faded Martin Truex from my team for the last few years. I regretted that last year for obvious reasons. He dominated the regular season. But you bring him into your playoffs and he's a detriment to your team. That's got to be one of the worst performances in the playoffs by a regular season driver we've ever seen. And for that reason, I will fade him away from my teams again. And I might regret it because he's Martin Truex and he's another one that's hard to bet against but I just don't see it this year. I would love to see him go out on top. I'm a, I'm a Truex fan, but I just think that he probably should have hung him up last year. or And done better in the playoffs. Or done better in the playoffs, yeah. All right, going into your $18 drivers, the nine car of Chase Elliott. So this is, uh, this is different. I'm not <laughs> used to, to, to Elliott being uh, not a 20-point driver. So, You're like hitting a distance. Uh, yeah, seriously, he's he's on all my teams, so uh, saves me two points. So he's an 18-point driver this year, uh, was a 20-point driver last year, finished as a 16, 39.6% of the league owned Chase Elliott at the end of the season, and obviously that is going to be affected by his injury, uh, missed seven races, uh, six due to a leg injury, and then he was suspended for an incident with Hamlin, uh, and a lot of swaps. There was a lot of talk about Chase Elliott and what to do with your fantasy team. How long is he going to be out? And uh, we saw a lot of people swap him. Some people held on to him. Uh, but he he didn't really reward him. Uh, no wins, seven top fives, 15 top tens. His best finish was second at Fontana and Brickyard 400. And just didn't seem like it was the Chase Elliott of old. Failed to make the failed to win for the first time since uh, 2017 and missed the playoffs for the first time in his cup career. So uh, obviously Hendrick Motorsports, strong team. Is he going to come back focused? Yeah, he, he and Alex Bowman, very similar seasons last year. Um, obviously the expectations were high for Chase Elliott being a 20 point driver. 
He was owned by 57% of the league last year at the beginning of the season. Uh, he was dropped by 36 different teams uh, when he got that injury. He it, It's another one that makes you wonder how much the injury played into his performance because it was not the Chase Elliott that we're used to. He just never felt competitive. And I don't think that's going to stay that way. I do, after seeing what he did two years ago, from a fantasy standpoint, he dominated the fantasy league two years ago. So that's not a driver I'm ready to give up on. And I think 18 is probably low for him. He's he's a hard one to bet against. And I think that he will overperform that $18 spot. He's He's got the talent and the team. And now you've kind of got everybody telling him how he's not, you know, starting to doubt him and, and kind of say some stuff about his performance. And these guys, that just fuels a guy like Chase Elliott. And I, I think that he will for sure get at least one win, make the playoffs. And then from there it will, uh, uh, it, it'll, we'll see what happens. But one thing to note is that he will have a new spotter. So his spotter is actually leaving uh, him and going to uh, spot for the number four, Josh Berry uh, over at Stuart Haas. So he will have somebody new uh, spotting for him this year. All right. Going into your next $18 driver is the 20 car of Christopher Bell. So this, I, I mean, when you get to these top, you know, top six drivers, it's kind of hard to, to say somebody should be ahead of the other person, but the, the year that he had, to, to drop him to an 18 just feels very surprising. Uh, he was a 19 last year, finished as 19. Uh, just a really solid year. Two wins, 10 top fives, 19 top tens, and led almost 600 laps. He finished first at Bristol Dirt and Homestead and reached the championship four for the second straight year. So another really strong performance for Christopher Bell and seems like he's getting punished. Yeah, this one almost feels like a trap. 18. So anytime you get these kind of values up on your team, you, you're kind of putting your studs up there. But Christopher Bell has has done so well in fantasy the last few years. I think he was in top five of fantasy drivers most of the season last season. Um, and like you mentioned, finished as a 19 point driver. So 18 is nothing to scoff at. But Christopher Bell is going to be on a lot of teams, I think, this year. And, and just to point out, he had seven poles. He won seven poles last year. Uh, so he had the car. Uh, and, you know, 19 top tens shows that he was he was there at the end. So, um, yeah, I think I think this is one that that people will will be adding to to many of their teams. For sure. Moving into your $19 drivers, the 11 car of Denny Hamlin. All right. So Denny Hamlin was a uh, 18 point driver, finished as a 20 point driver. Uh, was owned by 27.5% of the league. Really solid year for Denny. Three wins, 14 top fives, 19 top tens, almost 1,000 laps led. Uh, he led 608 laps in the 10-race playoff, which was more than all four championship-eligible drivers during that time and more than two of them for the entire season. So really strong finish for Denny Hamlin. Obviously didn't get the the finish that he was hoping for uh but at 19 i i think that's a that's a that's a good spot for him yeah second best driver last year it's this is going to be another one's going to be hard to keep off your team you throughout all the stats kind of glossed over the fact that he can't close and still didn't win a championship but but you can't scoff at his stat he had an, an incredible year he was one you didn't want to see uh in the final four or, you know, if he wasn't on your team, he, he was hurting you because he, he just had a strong season and I don't expect that to go away. Denny's always going to be one that you got to have on there. It's a good thing that we're not playing fantasy NASCAR for a championship because then you would, want <laughs> but no, he, this guy's look at this guy, his driver gets one championship and all of a sudden he starts running his mouth. Listen, <laughs> oh, man, I, I got one. <laughs> Well, I mean, when you switch drivers, favorite drivers every two years, it's it's very easy. Finally found one that's not going to leave. <laughs> Speaking of the defending champion, the 12 car, Ryan Blaney comes in as your other $19 driver. So Ryan Blaney, obviously your your champion from last year, uh, was a 18-point 
driver last year finished as a 17. So even lower than uh, what he was uh, slated for at the start. Uh, he had three wins, one at Charlotte, Martinsville, and Talladega. Eight top fives, 18 top tens, and uh, 562 laps led. I don't I I don't see a reason why he would uh regress but uh what do you think Take uh, your take your take your personal uh your personal view out of it Yeah objectively I hated seeing him come in at a 19 like you mentioned he finished as a 17 last year it felt like that was the kind of season he had We all know the story that he had through the playoffs he got hot and it worked but if you look at the season as a whole Going back to the Penske question marks, can Joey Logano and Ryan Blaney both have a good season, or do you have to pick one of them? If you have to pick one of them, I hope it's Blaney, but it just 19 is hard to swallow. If he was any lower, he'd be on all three of my teams, but I just don't know if he's going to be able to. I mean, we're we're saying that's the third best driver in the league, right? And he was seventh last year. So and that's when he won the championship. Uh, I have high hopes, but that that's a tough one. I don't know that 19 is the right spot for him. And I think that, I mean, we got to give Ryan Blaney some credit. Uh, one of his issues in the past was self-inflicted wounds, and we didn't see that. And, True. you know, I know that we've kind of, kind of joked about waiting for the, the next shoe to drop and, and waiting for him to mess that up, and he didn't. And so at some point, you kind of have to, Put your biases aside and say, okay, well, he 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 did what he needed to do and and won the cup uh, championship. And but repeating is is very difficult, uh, as we saw. It's yeah. it's really hard to to win again. But I, the talent's there, and and again, the questions with the team uh, as well. So very interesting for Ryan Blaney. If it's true that he just had to get that chip off his shoulder, then look out because if he can get rid of those self inflicted wounds, he, he's going to be hard to beat. And he proved that in the playoffs. All right, let's move into the $20 drivers. The last two drivers on the list. Your first one is Kyle Larson. This is not a surprise at all. Kyle Larson is arguably the best driver in NASCAR right now. He was a 20-point driver last year. He uh, finished as an 18, so a little bit below what he started at. He was the highest-owned driver in the league at 57%. Part of that is a lot of people swapped uh, Chase Elliott for Kyle Larson, but uh, his percentage was high before uh, before all that. Really good year statistically for Kyle Larson as well. Four wins, 15 top fives, 18 top tens, and 1,127 laps led. The The biggest thing for, for Kyle Larson and, and fantasy owners of him, seven DNFs, uh, which was his most since 2019. So those yeah he's getting wins and he had eight stage wins which gets you some bonus points but doesn't make up for eight or seven races that he got into you know he didn't finish and ended up in the 30s i would say that kyle larson finishing as an 18 point or an 18 dollar driver last year is shocking but if we think about it there was a point midway through the season where he and chase elliott were down around the 14 15 both of them were having horrible years. And I think part of it is those seven DNFs. I think they happened earlier on in the year. The way he came on in the second half of the season, I know we've talked about it a lot, two different stories for every driver. We already know Kyle Larson has the talent. Then he's not getting the DNFs. He's The fact that he finished as a sixth-place driver the way that his season started tells you all you, all you need to know. He's very much worth a $20 driver, and the teams that have him are going to succeed. Yeah. I, I expect him to make a, uh, a push to, and he's going to make the playoffs for sure. And, and probably uh, make the final four. So he's, he's got the talent and the team to, to make a really good run. All right. So if you're paying attention, that leaves one driver left, our top driver. And this one is not a surprise. The number one fantasy driver from last year, 24 car, William Byron. Yeah, not a surprise at all. After his uh, 2023 season, he finished as a 20-point driver. He started as a 16, uh, but six wins, 15 top fives, 21 top tens, over 1,000 laps led. 
Uh, just a phenomenal year for William Byron, his best statistical season of his career. And it, it kind of feels like maybe William Byron has finally arrived. Yeah, I would agree. I mean, talk about a breakout season. He he was always just around, went in a race here, their third best driver on the team. And then last year, he just comes out and blows the doors off of everything. Um, didn't get the championship, but he was a force to be reckoned with. I'm not surprised to see him as the top driver. Do I think he'll finish the, there? Mm, there's some other drivers there, but Byron proved last year that He's got it. He's here and he's he's one that you have to consider and should have on your team. So not surprised to see that. So that's it. That's the the driver values. 30 drivers. We will uh, we will do another episode where we talk about uh, some details about maybe our overvalued and, and as we undervalue drivers and as we preview the, uh, the start of the season. Uh, but we wanted to get the the driver values out to everybody, give you a little information before you uh, put your team together. Uh, now that the driver values are out, you will be able to submit your teams uh, at atopthepitbox.com. And uh, so head over there, submit your teams, and uh, look forward to a great year. Yeah, don't forget to follow us at uh, Atop the Pit Box on Twitter or X or whatever it's called now. And we, we love the interaction with everybody. We're looking forward to the start of the season. Now's the time to get your team started. Um, recruit everyone you know. We're looking forward to having a bigger and better season than we even did last year. Awesome. All right. Well, good luck to everybody. And uh, here's to 2024. Thanks for listening to the show. Help us grow by sharing the podcast or leaving a five-star review. And if you want more, check us out on Twitter and Facebook by searching Atop the Pit Box. And be sure to check out atopthepitbox.com for current standings and stats for this year's Fantasy NASCAR League. We'll see you next time.